testing. What the heck? Hello. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. How are you? Good morning. You got something to eat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm eating some podcast food. Podcast food. Well, you know how you come home from work when you do, and <laughs> out many hours earlier you had a not very substantial lunch. Yeah, just kind of grab and, something real quick, or... and then you feel kind of like, oh, I need something to eat before I dive into this drink. <laughs> I just had that feeling like I should eat something, and so I've got this thing of nuts and random cereal. Sure. Yay. And it is it raining over where you are? Yeah, we might hear some thunder in the recording today. I'm not sure. I had a couple of boomers, as they call them. Paul Majors? No, I don't remember who that was. Called them boomers. Oh, Paul Douglas, an old uh, boomers. Yeah, it was an old weather uh, a weather person a long time ago on uh, a local NBC station, I think. Paul Douglas. He's I think he still writes for oh, the Star Tribune um, or I know Pioneer that Press. Name. Yes, yes, a Minnesota guy. Yeah, he looked a little like uh, I don't know, maybe Peter Herman's uncle. He's no uh, <laughs> Abner Hunter George. Remember Abner Hunter George? No. I wonder if I'm related. He, he, I, I, <laughs> I, I might be getting the name wrong. but Abner George Hunter. He was a three-named radio announcer. I, I want to say he was on old KOTA in Rapid City. Oh, no, I don't remember that. He, I don't know. It. I remember hearing him pop up on the radio, and I was very young and thinking, how old are you? <laughs> he was already old then. <laughs> and, and anybody with the, this was Abner Hunter George, K-O-T-A, A-M, blah, blah, blah. I don't well, what. if we get Dave Dirksen back on, or David D., sorry, back on again, we can uh, ask him if he knew him. I'll, I'll bet he does. Um, I knew of him, at least. His dad probably Maybe he was friends with Bill Knutson. Remember Bill? Oh, yeah. The TV guy, though. Oh. Oh, nah. Bill, Bill Knutson was the, one of the, was the main anchor on the... Yeah, right. 5 o'clock news. No relation to... Uh, 5, 5.30, sorry. Maybe no relation. Yeah, and then the... To Bob Knutson, no, I don't think so. And the the co-host lady was uh, the daughter of the owner of the station, I think. Oh, Elaine Duhamel. Yeah, the mm. Duhamel Broadcasting Company. Yeah, they were the big family owned owned the local station, and I think it's all. I think they're out of there now, but they were driven out of town <laughs> <laughs> on a rail on a on a Duhamel camel. <laughs> Wrong. You're listening to Time to Lean, and here's a song. Phil and John have some beverages, talk about stuff, and then there's an original song. The narrator has been outsourced. Next time, I may be hosting the show as well. Now, back to the humans, already in progress. Speaking of radio, let's talk about our next... No, I'm just kidding. We're, it's too early to get into that. But we, there will be a radio... Um, <laughs> what? Connection. What were you talking about? There will be a radio connection. 
later on when we talk about something that we watched. Oh, yeah. Sort of. It was a movie, though, but it was a movie about radio. <laughs> well, it was, it was more television, wasn't it? Well, you're right. He started in radio. Mm. No, you're right. He did start with radio. Okay. We're back. Put, put that aside. <laughs> well, I got some... Uh, well, first I had a... I'm going to go into the what are you drinking thing already, by the way. First, I, uh, I had a Summit uh, beer, EPA, which I haven't had for a long time. I That sounded An kind EPA, of... EPA, Environmental Protection <laughs> Ale? <laughs> Extra Pale Ale. Environmental Pale Ale. Okay. And... Uh, and that was that was nice. I haven't had one of those for a while. I think it's better at a bar when you're eating wings or something than just sitting at home waiting to record a podcast. So that, that bite really really works well, huh? I think it's it's a good combination. It's it's fine on its own. Okay. Well, and these were just regular Lyle's wings, the the home style wings of the best wings ever. And I, I I'm I'm told uh, Lyle's is is no more. It didn't survive the pandemic, unfortunately. So. Another uh, Lyle's is a an old Minneapolis dive bar, right? Yeah, a classic. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I did now. The speaking of L words, did Lee's Liquor Lounge survive? Uh that I don't know. We better hope so. I mean, Lyle's Lyle's uh, was on a. Uh, it, it's in a pretty hot spot, I think, for the city development so i think they'll somebody will probably gentrified buy that up and build a apartment building of some kind i don't know it's, it's not the largest lot though maybe they could make a really tall skinny tower <laughs> with one apartment on each floor that's like the uh, <laughs> uh oh over in saint paul uh the 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 very famous bar o'gara's yeah, um, sold out right before the pandemic. Oh, so they could put up a huge condo complex. Yeah, sad. All the old places are going. Yeah, they. I, I'm sure the family or whoever owned the place made out like crazy. But oh yeah, they owned it for a long it time. Was, it, it was a quite an, uh, an institution. I I I wasn't. I didn't go there much, but <laughs> I know a lot of people used to play there. Uh, They'd have, uh, I think, on Sunday nights or something. They'd have big bands in there. Oh, fun! That's and too bad. That that was a big thing for a lot a lot of years. Oh, that that I remember hearing stories about people who had gigs there every week. So that that that's a bummer. Alas, and then now I'm drinking a. Uh, I got some Johnny Walker Black Label just for the heck of it. Oh, mm-hmm. something different. You can't go wrong with that stuff. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's good, smooth and kind of a little sweet and a little smoky. Isn't well, it's popular for a reason. It's not offensive, unlike yourself. A little. And you're drinking that on ice, or well, I hadn't need it first, but now I put I put in on some ice now. Yeah, yeah, it's it it it's as they say, a good all rounder. It is. That's right. I'm old, I'm old square. Uh, tonight I have, uh, I made a martini, a straight old fashioned style one. Martini uh, Navratilova. 
No? Mm-hmm. That, that is a drink. Oh, what's in it? I don't know. A tennis ball. <laughs> a martini Navratilova is a room temperature cocktail made with old olives shaken in a tennis ball tube and strained through the string of a tennis racket. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Sorry I'm eating an almond. <laughs> what's your favorite nut? <laughs> uh, cashews. Oh, okay. Cashews and probably a pecans. I like pistachios, but they're yeah, they're okay. They're a yeah. bitch to open, a, a pain in the butt to open. The the ones I break a fingernail really don't enjoy when you get your can uh, canonical can of mixed nuts. <laughs> um, are those Brazil nuts? Those. Oh. Kind of oversized. They they look like they're in there just to bulk up yeah, the package. Yeah, it's just filler. And <laughs> they don't really have much flavor. And no. they've got this, like the the skin or whatever that outer layer is, is usually half off of it. <laughs> I just, just don't, don't put like those it. in there. Yeah, it's sucker food. No no offense to Brazil. And you feel obligated to yeah, eat I it. I mean, what I are you going to do? I, I, I've heard people like them, but oh? <laughs> they're always the last thing in the can. Oh, I, I eat them with the mix just to kind of, I don't know, get it over yeah. with. They're they're kind of offensive, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, my martini is made with Hendrix gin. Yeah. Which is Scotland gin. A friend of the show, Megan Kay, is a fan. Yes. Um, this is a, a new version that came out a few months ago called Lunar, like Lunar Lander. Uh, it, it's supposedly the botanicals used in it only bloom at night. Okay. So it's for moths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little dusty. <laughs> and it, it's, I mean, all all the Hendrix gins are good. This one is very nice. It's not quite as uh, fruity sweet as the midsummer solstice version I tried a few months ago. That one's kind of fruity. That one is a little... A little sweeter. Yeah, I wonder if this this summer is going to be big for different gins. I, I saw that uh, Snoop Dogg has one out called In- Indigo. <laughs> oh, I saw that. That's hilarious. It's like strawberry infused with real strawberries. So and, and weed, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, the Hendrix gin, the Lunar gin, is really good. I've had it straight up. It, it's very tasty on its own. Um. I'm, I have no doubt it would be... Actually, I've tried it with uh, with tonic. It's also really good. So if you run across it and you want something... A, it's a little bit different. Is it a different color? No, it's it's still a... I mean, Gin colored? The, the bottle <laughs> is a very dark blue. Okay, I wondered, I wondered... I saw a picture and I wondered if it was blue or something. The gin itself is, is not... It's not like a pink gin or one of those. Okay, all right. Yep, yep, yep. So it's, it's, that's real good. It makes a great martini, and I, I want, makes me want to try more gins. So I well, we should do that. It's getting to be that time of year. I'll, we'll we'll have to break out the gin for as it warms up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't so have any. My... I I didn't get any today. I thought about it, but then I got this instead. I it if it was warm like it was the other day, I probably would have gotten gin. But it it we we got back to the. Uh, it's not cold, but this real just kind of damp and. No, no, it's just raining. Rained all day. Yet out, out in the home country, South Dakota, they're getting a blizzard. Oh, from the same well, weather system. 
This so it, we for once we got the better weather. If this turns if this turns to snow, we could get dumped on. There's even a tornado watch or some darn thing. That's outrageous. I don't know if it's still going on right now. Ah. Um, speaking of uh, celebrity products, well, uh, Seth Rogen has a new company out <laughs> what? to sell weed. Parent, actually, he's just selling straight up weed. Oh, shocker. okay. Um, but he has all sorts of accessories. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. So Will, Willie Nelson has a blend out somewhere. Of course, he does. Sure. I want to see the Snoop Dogg Martha Stewart collaboration. The hash browns. <laughs> Hash brownies. Yeah. Hash browns. <laughs> hash hash browns. <laughs> Hashtag hash browns, hash brownies. Double hash. Yeah, that would be... I'd, I'd get those. I would try that. They, they could sell them at Waffle House. <laughs> I tell you, it's all coming together. Boy. They just got to get everything legalized and hash brown, hash brown. <laughs> Brownie. Ash Brown Betty. No, uh, no. <laughs> ramble, amba, lamba. Ash Brown Betty, ramble, amba. Ah. Oh, careful. Can't say it. Can't sing that no. song anymore. I hear it still sometimes. No, no. I, 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 I was thinking of the copyright police. Oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> no, I think that falls under fair use. And is it, it isn't Brown Betty. It's Black Betty, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's not brown. Yeah. Brownie, remember Brownie from the world from the W W days, back when we thought, oh, uh, that Brownie's doing a heck of a job. Yeah, we we <laughs> back when we thought George Bush oh, was the worst president ever. That that was that was such. Boy, those were the good days, weren't they? Good old days. I just look back at George W. Bush, and I mean, he was he really just wanted to hang out and, at his ranch and paint. I think he. I think he was. Uh, I don't know. He, he he just thought was out of his element. I think, but I think he meant well, sort of. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, in I general, still, I mean, I don't think I'll say the thing same thing about Cheney, but sure. Well, Cheney took advantage of that. So I haven't seen that movie yet. Have you? The one about Dick Cheney? What's it called? Dick or something like that? <laughs> I, I Vice, I think it's called. Vice, <laughs> Vice Dick. <laughs> uh, I'm Dick Cheney, Vice Dick. See, if I would have made that movie, I would have just called it Dick. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because there's been a movie about W. Yeah, there's been a movie about Dick Cheney. Oh, oh, and and maybe Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, that was a documentary, though. I think was yeah, it? that's more of a the the known knowns, the unknown knowns, and then whatever. Uh, rummy, <laughs> good old Rummy. <laughs> Ah, the weird old days. Yeah, but then it got worse. How many movies are they going to make about Trump? <laughs> oh, I don't know. If that, and the material is rich, sure. It's it's too uh, way too soon. Nobody wants to relive any of that. I don't. Maybe no. Maybe some of his fans would. I bet it won't be long, though. Ugh. I'll, I'll skip <laughs> that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, That's what, true. I wonder what they call it. Orange. Orange is the new gold, or I guess it. Did. I don't know. <laughs> what would you call it? Trump? I guess. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they'll come up with some clever, Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> I pity the fool, Mr. T. Oh, well, he never ran for office. 
He got into the rest. Mr. T should have run for office. I'm kind of I mean, if, if Arnold Schwarzenegger can, why not Mr. T? I don't know why he didn't. Maybe he did. Maybe he was a mayor somewhere. I don't know. I don't think so. Clint like Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, whatever. More A-team cast members in office, please. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. Copyright, please. (laughs) Here they come. (laughs) Yeah, it's the the English. They use the English siren when they come for you. They're the copyright police. (laughs) I think the police are pretty busy building up barricades and stuff around here anyway. Oh, that's right. We have the, Uh, the Chauvin... Chauvin trial, that's... No, I am not looking forward to this around here. It's going to be a mess, I'm afraid. Oh, over by where you work? Well, just just the Twin Cities area. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Unfortunately, I don't have to go near downtown, so... We'll see how it goes. Yeah, they're boarding it up again already, so... Yeah, it's true. There's no reason to go there. I used to work downtown many years ago. I probably already talked about yeah. that, haven't I? At I think so. Coffee shop inside of a bookstore. Inside of a coffee shop. Inside of a building. <laughs> inside of a Brazil nut. <laughs> I have lost track of how many times Phil has talked about working in downtown. Oh, you were going to look up um, Glenda had mentioned a whiskey. I didn't. Oh, but, okay. But, but I think I've I think I've seen well, it. To hell with her then. <laughs> I I I think I did look it up and then I forgot again. <laughs> no, it was it was the whiskey that she mentioned, a Colorado one, and I I think you can get it around here too. And I. Oh, that when she was on re- most recently. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but this isn't helpful to anybody again now. <laughs> nope. I could look it up now, but it would be like. There. We'll post it on the Facebook page. Did I already? Let's see. Colorado whiskey. This, this is going to be one of those kind of episodes. I'm a little a little slow today. Just tired, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the weather. Yeah. Are we going to talk about the vaccine? We don't. We could. Or or is that not a good idea? I don't know. No, I don't know if we should. Breckenridge? <laughs> oh, barrel. Barrel? I think barrel whiskey is the thing she talked about. Oh, is that Colorado? I didn't, I've seen it around. I didn't know that was Colorado. Yeah, I made the connection after she had talked about it. Yeah, it was, it was okay. way up on the... Okay. I couldn't even reach it. It was such a high shelf. That That is top shelf stuff. It was... Yeah. Only the best for Glenda. Glenda M. Well, if she ever makes it out here, tell her to bring some. <laughs> well, you tell her to bring some. <laughs> we could get some here. I'll have her bring some edibles. <laughs> yeah, that's no. We're we we're sort of in the age group now where we can get vaccinated. As long as our BMI is high enough, we have to. So if you do <laughs> we drink have more to... <laughs> whiskey, you can you can qualify for it. Well, with the, my pandemic weight gain, I might just be up there. So. I, I'm pretty sure you can you can just go in and they're not going to challenge it. They're not going to weigh gonna you? Put you on a scale, yeah. yeah. Just your height? 
I suppose. Let's look at that. Um, I do wonder how that. You've got a beer belly. You can get the shot. It seems like uh, people I've been talking to that are eligible. I mean, they uh, or have been. It's it's pretty hard to get it in the cities. It's like maybe not as hard to get it in rural areas for whatever reasons. They seem to have more openings if you look at the appointments. So once again, that urban rural divide that we have here. We'll we'll both have it soon. Oh yeah, well maybe they, by the next next episode, we'll <laughs> right? <laughs> they're they're pumping out that vaccine. They, what they got three now, so Johnson mm-hmm. and Johnson, you get a band aid with it or something. I don't know. You probably do. It's a shot. I I would like that one because you only have to do it once. One and done, but it's only sixty five percent effective. But it's more effective for really serious cases against serious. So it doesn't really, I don't know. It's these weird percentages, you know. Yeah, but only one shot, that would be I would. I would get the one I could get. <laughs> right. I would get a half a shot, this 10% effective. I'm done. <laughs> you get a discount. <laughs> Ding. 10%. It's a 10% effective shot. That's that's terrible. Here's your discount. Here, here, here's the cheap vaccine. It's only ten percent effective. Bottom shelf vaccine <laughs> <laughs> comes in a big jug, and that's the one they have in the rural or the, the urban areas, of course. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> oh, that's true. No, uh, so yeah, th- I'm feeling more optimistic though. Uh, oh yeah, uh, it, the, it's the vaccines are within reach, and and I know lots of people who have gotten it now. That that's that feels really good. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't think we'd be able to, you know, our our demographic would be able to get it until like July, maybe at the earliest. But it's been moving up. Mm-hmm. So I think I figured we, that we would, the two of us in our group, would have it sometime in the summer, certainly before fall. Yeah. But uh, no, it, it's 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 going well. I really I think they've stepped up. Yeah, I mean, they're getting so optimistic. Some colleges are thinking about. Uh, no distancing, which I think means you sit on each other's laps. I don't know, but that's right. double the number of people. It, in the it's room. negative distancing. <laughs> I, I really hope we go back to normal. Just make more masks, and we'll be okay. Yeah, it's just I, that, and people are going to get confused. It's like, oh, I had my vaccine, but I don't need a mask. It's like that's not quite how it works. Yeah, they'll have some better I mean, guidance. They, they could get pretty pretty stiff and like say well you if you want to attend classes on campus you have to be vaccinated yeah i doubt they will do that though well and so people don't like to be told what to do with the herd immunity it has to be like 80 percent or something i can't remember so if at least 80 percent of the people get vaccinated i guess that's good i'm not a doctor (laughs) dr phil dr filchi uh, Dr. So, Filchi, there you go. So the ten percent vaccine is uh, is ten percent uh, effective, and uh, everyone should get that and put a mask on your buttocks. Mm-hmm. See, I, <laughs> I'd be a terrible doctor. Okay, so did did you watch the the Meghan Markle Prince Harry? <laughs> no, did you? No, of course not. <laughs> well, how are we going to talk about, about that? 
<laughs> oh, okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I meant how... I, I was trying to stay relevant. Come on. <laughs> no, I meant... Talk about something besides Abner, Hunter, George, and <laughs> I, butt shots. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out... No, what I what I said was, how are we going to talk about that, not why? But, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I've heard about it, but... I, I didn't even... I kind of ignored it. I, I think it... I'm curious. I'm curious. And then Oprah Winfrey, I mean, she doesn't do uh, interviews very often anymore, so. Yeah, she's a real pro. Sounds like it was well done and, and really well marketed. I mean, she is oh, yeah. all business. Yeah. There's no messing around with Oprah Winfrey. No, she's. Or I, Oprah I, Winfrey. I always, I always kind of thought she was going to run for office someday, but she's she knows better. I don't know what party she'd run on. Maybe she'd make her own party. Yeah, she could have the the old party. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey versus Donald Trump in 2024. Oh. That's my prediction. <laughs> okay. Or some other. Who's, who's another? Like a uh, death match. No, there was another guy. Uh, uh, Jerry Springer. He could go up against. He was a politician, Oh, Jerry too. Springer always came up as a possible... He was a politician. Nominee for something. I think he I think he was a mayor or something too at some point. I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, he kind of got into politics, didn't he? I he Jerry Springer. Yeah, he could go against Trump. No, that would be funny. Jerry Springer served on the Cincinnati City Council in the 1970s. Jerry also played the US president in The Defender, directed by Dolph Lundgren in 2004. And then the Trump, Trump's VP could be Dr. Phil. <laughs> hey, he's a doctor. Yeah, see? <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll also help with uh, the next uh, pandemic. <laughs> That's right. Dr. Phil will be in charge of COVID-25. Oh, who's that other doctor? Well, And those people are... Dr. Connect- Oz. Dr. Oz, yeah. Yeah, that jackass. He can- <laughs> those, those uh, yeah, he could be the Surgeon General. But see, the thing is, they're, I think they're Oprah creations. I don't know if she, I think her production company Dr. was. Dr. Phil is, I think. I think Dr. Oz was too. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know if they're part of the same uh, syndicate or not. <laughs> so maybe they'd Eastern serve on uh, Oprah's, Oprah's cabinet instead. There you go. As long as they don't have any real job, I'm okay. Snoop Dogg. President, though, there is a cabinet member, yeah. Hey, Snizzle, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> fine. I wonder if he likes Brazil nuts. We're gonna mm, get Snoop Dogg on the show and ask him about uh, mm-hmm. Brazil nuts. <laughs> That'll be for our 420 episode, <laughs> yeah. We're, I, I suppose we have uh, we could have a theme one for that. I, We've never done a 420 episode. Well, I could get my friend David D on. I, 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 and I know two people that would yeah. be good guests for that. I know my friend David D is a, is a reggae spoken word artist mm-hmm. and uh, lifelong legalization um, advocate. I wouldn't know about la- we, lifelong. But no, he's... Yeah, he... He's At a, a young age. He's an interesting guy. Oh, well, you've say. met Dave. Of course. Some party here or there. Mm-hmm. And at the 
Seventh Street Entry thing we did once. Oh, that's right. That when we were the Segway Cabaret. That's did right. we talk about that on here? <laughs> where, where, where Sean, Sean sang. Yeah. Sang we, I think maybe together. we talked about that when Sean was on once or something. Yeah. I, well, well, if not, we should wait for, it, for his <laughs> I don't remember. perspective. It's possible we didn't. Uh, Sean would know. Yeah, it was kind of the idea. I had this weird little idea to do, to do a show kind of in the intermission or whatever, a complete show with three different acts. Yep, they were all just us three, but... And uh, I don't know. It, we got a lot of... Uh, a wide, wide range of reactions. That was really fun. So now you, we, you said we were going to wait to talk about it, and then I got started talking about it. Fine. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I'm done. Okay. How about our homework? Ah, oh, you gave me... A, you gave me... Well, you kind of get. I kind of had two assignments. One was yeah. I snuck an extra one in a long, a long time ago. We talked about watching Face in the Crowd, the Andy Griffith. What year was that? Mm-hmm. I forgot. Mm. Nineteen fifty-seven is okay. So that um, was two years starring two- Andy Griffith and Patricia Neal and Walter Matthau. Yeah, Walter Matthau, boy. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the best things I've seen him in. <laughs> he, he was great, and, and he it was wasn't excellent. His usual, no, kind of you know, it definitely was not grumpy old man. <laughs> Bad news bears, or <laughs> he, he was he was uh, pretty young for one thing. Yeah, he played like he was a a secondary character. I don't know. I think he was one of the more interesting um, characters. And I mean, of course, you got Andy Griffith and Patricia Neal's characters were really good, and the acting was really good, but. I, I for some reason I was more intrigued by Walter Matthaus. <laughs> I, I I was surprised at how interesting he was. They Cons- considering how he, an over the top performance uh, Andy Griffith was doing. Right. Oh man, it was fun to see I, Andy I, Griffith doing something different, but that was crazy. <laughs> it, it's really a fun thing to see, especially it, it's a little bit like the movie Network, which yeah. I'm a big fan of as well. That seems to predict later trends in mass culture. Yeah, this definitely had that kind of feel going on. It, this was like a early influencer. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, and it had that kind of blending of uh, of mass media, entertainment, and politics. Yeah, I, that, it, it that, was that it, you couldn't help but think of Donald Trump. No. and other other people. Sure. And uh, it's a little bit it's a little bit outdated in the, the fact that some of the things that uh, happen would not be an issue today. Basically, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, it was it was a good it was a really good movie. I mean, and, and yeah, so basically it's uh, a character. Uh, this uh, well, Patricia Neal's character, I don't remember the act, the character's name, but um she uh, has a radio show. Her dad, they're like the Doohamels of Arkansas or whatever. <laughs> That's right. There was a little Doohamel like. Her her dad owns a radio station. And uh, so she go. I guess she has this show called Face in the Crowd or something. And she, uh, is it face or faces? I don't know. A face. A face in the crowd, right. Yeah. It was kind of a, find, find some colorful character in real life to talk on the radio and 
Well, be entertaining. So this this time she decided to go to the prison, and there was a a drunk guy played by uh, Andy Griffith. Although he was, he had his guitar with him in in jail, though. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, that would have gotten smashed or something. I don't know. They they protected it. He slept on it, but uh, yeah. So she, they, well, why don't you say? So why don't you sing one of your songs, the, the warden or whatever? Probably had a couple of kickbacks there to get the prisoners to perform for something. And Andy Griffith's character does that. Then there you go from there. He just. A meteoric, meteoric rise, stardom, and all the trappings that go along with it—crazy. Yeah, it, it's it's very uh, future, forward-looking, and it, it, it's also just so fun to see Griffith play outside of almost any other role he did. Oh, this is no where he sheriff. just did the, the nice folksy, yeah, the Andy Griffith show character, or even Matlock or other stuff. Yeah, like that. I mean, this was a folksy character, but just oh. yeah, it was like the dark side. Though. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely <laughs> the dark side of of hayseeds or haysticks or whatever they call it. <laughs> and a very yeah, a dark side, but not that not just that he's a a very flawed character, but he it's very cynical because he knows. He's playing. He's doing a performance. Yeah, like doing all the, the the down home folks shtick. Yeah, that he know he he. I mean that that's what self aware you know, about spo- it. Spoiler, but <laughs> what does him in is he's caught on on Mike saying how dumb he thinks his audience is for buying <laughs> his routine. <laughs> yeah, hot so, Mike. Yeah, hot Mike. But you know, and- it's a big deal in the movie. It's very dramatic, well done, and all that, but. If you don't, I mean, you just think, well, you know, think of all the stuff Trump has said on on a hot mic that yeah. didn't matter at all. People didn't because people don't believe it, right? They, I mean, they, they kind of alluded they to that. They, want to. they kind of alluded to that a little bit, except it was live then. But um, yeah, and it, it was on live TV, which so it's harder to <laughs> harder to fake. Yeah, that. yeah, it, it it definitely was. I mean, for the time, it was a big deal because that just didn't happen. But uh, but nowadays, even if even if there was a hot mic, you'd just say, "Oh, that that didn't happen," or whatever. <laughs> beyond beyond that stuff, it's also really uh, interesting the way it talks about tel- early television and advertising. Yeah, and how there's a the lot in this that, movie. <laughs> yeah, there, there, it's that, that's one reason why it's so well remembered is because it, it hits a lot of issues and like the fact that. That when Griffith's character gets very famous, um, they start trying to get him to endorse things and yeah. the usual advertising th- things, and and he kind of makes fun of them and like says, "Oh, look at this! You know, the, mattress the guy who company. runs this company is blah blah blah." And the thing is, what it, the the lesson that comes out is there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah. They're like, oh, we got to get rid of him. And they're like, sales have gone up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, the CEO is really mad and wants to fire him. And then the, the bean counters come in and say, uh, we're selling a lot more stuff. <laughs> and not just because people were burning them. but Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just such recognition that. And then it yeah, evolves so that, that, to the. There's so much truth in that. The general was. Uh, general wanted him to help a, a politician get a little more yeah yeah exactly, connected exactly. To it. that's when he gets into political things and is going to be kind of a kingmaker 
because of his platform and all that. It, it, that part of it is pretty Trump-like. But and the other thing, too, that was interesting was that I think they were talking about a transition between different kinds of politicians. So that there was like the, the old school senator, the orator, boring, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this yeah, guy's says, coming yeah, in and yeah, like, you need great. you need to spruce yeah. this up, buddy. You got to get you gotta going. You got to be entertaining. Yeah. They got to love you. <laughs> yeah. And that that's why, again, I find so many... Uh, I, I find the, the post-World War II period so interesting because that's where all that stuff really gets moving. It, I, so. I don't know, but it seems like this movie was way ahead of its time. I, I don't. It's, it's hard to imagine looking back, 1957, with all that we've been through the past few years even, that somebody would have had a movie. But even Network was like that, you know. Network was it's d- definitely ahead of its time, and it's one of those movies that has a, has a few contemporaries. Another one that came a little bit after that, or around the same time, is this movie called Ace in the Hole, which is about um, newspaper reporters covering a mining accident, and they capitalize on it on the on the suffering. Oh. It's a very very cynical, yeah, um, bitter bitter movie. Even really even more than this one. And this one and Facing the Crowd came in the same general time period. Um, Ace in the Hole is Billy Wilder. Yeah. But both of those movies were not commercially successful. The audience at the time did not want to see a movie like that. Who who was the... Uh, so the, the director and producer was uh, Elia uh, Kazan. Kazan. Is, is that that guy that was banned from... Yeah, yeah. He's the one that... Uh, that <laughs> testified against uh, people on the blacklist. So did yeah, that he's, happen? He's still pretty controversial. But that happened. So where was that? That must have happened after this movie mm, was this made. This movie was made after that, actually. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, he kept making movies. Okay. I mean, that's one reason he was able to, because he cooperated. Oh, right. No, I remember even, that famous Even today, time, people still debate that. I remember that famous, uh, I think it was during the Oscars, they brought him out or whatever, and boy, that was... Yeah, a lot of, lot of discussion about that. Still some hard feelings. Yeah, that was... Talk about a lot of different reactions. <laughs> that was... I don't know. I think it's worth watching him showing up to that just to, just to listen to the reactions when he mm-hmm. showed up on stage. I mean, it was... Just an odd... You could feel it through the television. It was so intense. Even if there weren't a lot of noise, you could just feel this... Conflict. <laughs> and Kazan made some... I mean, he made some really good movies. Don't don't get me wrong. But some of the ones that are thought of in retrospect as liberal message movies or whatever like that are, are really not all that daring and they're actually kind of conventional. Sure. But this this one's a little bit more edgy than most of his, and even uh, even the ones that people think are pretty safe today have some interesting readings you can do. Like on the waterfront is one of his famous movies sure. that actually is even though it, it it seems to be a fairly progressive movie um, because it's talking about organized labor and corruption. It's it, it is actually more of a defense of just giving in and not fighting the system. <laughs> if you read it the right Which way. Which he did. So Yeah, yeah, he did, totally did. I mean basically the the people who go against it suffer. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. So, yeah, that, 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 I find that stuff really, really fun. But I think, so as a journalist, Walter Matthau was a journalist and uh, played a journalist in the movie. And he, of course, he is probably in love with Patricia Neal's character. You know, it's bitter. Get, he, it, there, there is a change in that character. He gets a little more bitter and, and uh, kind of a dick, I guess, at the end. I mean, or more, he's more confident for sure, but he's not so milk toast. No, I, I think he, the <laughs> the haze has been lifted, so to speak. Yeah. And, of course, he, he's in his own way going to profit off of this because he's writing <laughs> right. a book about, <laughs> about Andy Griffith. Expose or whatever. And yet he has sympathy for Neil's character because she is so conflicted. Yeah. Because she has feelings for him and all that stuff. It's it's there's it's complex. And and help create him. It's kind of a Frankenstein story in a way. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> I created a monster. And then yeah, I mean, I won't give away that much, but maybe there are some more Frankenstein references. I don't know. Not references necessarily. On purpose or, or overtly, I, I I didn't think of that when I was watching it, but now I'm thinking of Frankenstein more for some reason. But whatever. The tale is old as time. <laughs> you were, we're really pushing it on the copyright uh, things here. Oh, what, no. what are you doing? Disney's gonna get me now. We're gonna get Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> or D- Disney minus. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing we we watched was this uh also from the 50s huh 1955 yeah, yeah two years two before years. a face in the crowd this short series that orson wells who we like to talk about because we're fans yeah um this series that orson wells did on the bbc which somehow i hadn't heard of <laughs> I, I hadn't either. I thought I watched uh, everything. Came up in this book, I, it, but I thought I watched everything on YouTube about th- just had videos of of uh, Orson Welles talking. But no, well, he did a lot of interviews on TV over the years, yeah. so it's not not hard to miss a few. <laughs> right, I'll I'll give myself a, a pass on that, but but it, it's it's six fifteen minute episodes, which is. Very much a YouTube kind of a thing, actually. Yeah, before YouTube. And they're not actually interviews. They're, he, he picks a topic for each episode and sits down and just talks to the camera. It's the BBC. And, and he probably did they, it to make some money to make something, make a movie. So. Well, he was, uh, yeah, he was very much doing that, all, all sorts of things. He was also trying to get into television in general at the time, and I think this was seen as a way for him to test the waters and he did a lot of little experiments yeah well it's just him talking to the camera i mean he'd he'd sometimes yeah. he'd look at his sketchbook so it was called uh orson Welles sketchbook and he'd do some a sketch or two based on what he was talking about and I, i'm guessing they just let him talk about whatever he, i wonder i wonder how long it took to film the series i wonder if he just did it in one day <laughs> Yeah, it, from reading about his uh, life at that period, it very well could have been he he just made them one after the other because yeah, he 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 had so he had so many things really going candle on. burning burning at multiple ends. <laughs> yeah. So I think at the time he was doing live theater in England, and 
so he did he kind of go do these over a day or two and yeah. I, the thing that's remarkable is that um they're not scripted he he basically just sits down has a has this sketch that he and he actually can draw pretty well yeah and has a has a vague topic and he just goes he just talks and tells stories it's and, an early podcast <laughs> it, yeah it kind of is and in in some ways that's actually when wells is at his best when he's doing that kind of just it's like it's like you're just sitting across the table from him and oh, he's, he's talking to you it's a heck of a storyteller i mean you could he embellishes and stuff but i mean you could almost just listen to him talking about going to the grocery store or something would probably be an interesting story i mean he always had a fun voice this was a little bit younger before he got quite as but but it was yeah still it's a, kind of a transitional period um yeah. in his career and he and it's it from watching these it's really obvious why he was so successful on radio in the earlier days yeah when he would he would do these not not just the war of the worlds kind of stuff or the plays but he actually would do these commentary things where he he'd write like some kind of a on some topic and huh and and do uh do a little speech and like, <laughs> I guess and I he, didn't. He really had a number know that. of those back in the forties. I didn't really know about that in this radio. I remember reading more about the. You're farther along in the uh, Orson Welles series <laughs> in than the I biographies. Am. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's great and and the the one of the interesting ones, um they're they're all pretty good but, his one about the police was really interesting. Yeah, that was odd. I, I, and it didn't quite go the way because it's it's a little bit like it started out as a you know it, he told a story about an a, a black man who was murdered by a policeman or something like that in the south and yeah. how it he had raised the issue and got the public's attention which happened yeah but it was also but it kind of became this it, it kind of went in a different direction and became this whole international police kind of well, it was, but it actually became for me this uh, almost a surveillance society, like how everybody is tracked, and it was this interesting for again forward looking. Yeah, way. yeah. If you apply that to modern life, how everything is under surveillance and tracked, and and he was just talking about like people having to fill out forms when they traveled and things like that. But that that part was just like, oh, that's really interesting how how he's framing that and looking 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 ahead. The free citizen is more of a nuisance to the police. They know what to do with a criminal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's he had all these. He had all these. Uh, that was not. Yet, that was not an Orson Welles impersonation. But that I. That 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 is one of his one of the quotes. He had so so many good quotes in this. The thing the thing about about him is he like especially in the first one he's he's kind of self deprecating. You know, he's oh, like, def- yeah, no, he could very. <clears throat> this is a prop, and the sketchbook is a prop, and he be kind of self-deprecating. <laughs> At the same time, though, he's he's building this mythology about himself <laughs> with his stories. Yep, no, no, there, there's a lot of myth making going on with, <laughs> especially his theater stories. Oh are yeah, hilarious. Yeah. The but the police one is also he. I, I swear that he he basically has come up with the idea for the ACLU. <laughs> When he he suggested with a different name that there were going to be these this group of experts or lawyers basically yeah. who would challenge the authorities 
that, oh, you want too much information or you're violating my rights or things like that. I can't remember the name of the group that he no, came up with. No, it was some really, really, really long, kind of weird labored acronym. With the with the <laughs> acronym, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Oh, that, I, but that I, I that that was another thing. It's like, wow, he's really touching on a lot of things that have become real thing, real issues. Yeah, yeah, even so, more so. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant guy. I also, he had a thing about noses. I don't know what he yep. he just did not think his nose was predominant enough. So he he was always um, adding for his character. Not always, but you know these this nose makeup. But uh, so when he in one in one I think it's the second episode he's uh, he 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 makes a sketch of himself and then he keeps he keeps making the nose more and more predominant. I, he just couldn't tolerate a weak nose. But whatever. <laughs> the the nose thing is a famous. Uh, it's he would wear them in movies quite often. Usually other people's movies he was acting in, and the the rule of thumb, so to speak. Was that the bigger that, or the most ridiculous, more ridiculous than nose, the less he thought of the part he was playing? <laughs> this is a really big nose. This stinks. Yeah. But what a lot, at least according to the biographer who I'm reading right now, that there's a lot, there's kind of an underlying psychology to the nose and costuming and all that that kind of underlines his basic insecurity as an actor. He was yeah. always insecure. Yeah as an actor and he hated to give performances in front of other actors. Like when he would direct his own plays, he would other other people read during the rehearsals and would not do the acting in the role. And usually it's some lead like King Lear or something huge like that. <laughs> and you, nobody would see him do the role until like the night before they opened. Oh, strange. And, and he would have other people that he just did not want to perform in, in front of other actors. Oh. Or or if he was doing a film, he would have make the director do all the scenes they could without other people on the set. Oh, that you couldn't so do he, that today. Yeah, I mean, oh, you well, could, actually, you, you could you could probably do it well, even in, more in movies, but I don't know. No, 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 I don't. I, I'm pleased. It's just it's an odd thing. <laughs> even he, then, you he, couldn't. Considering how 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 well because most of his money was made from acting in films because he people liked him so much and he was such a a character oh yeah that it's so funny that he 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 that was the thing he was most insecure about and it it was compounded by the fact that he made the mistake of directing himself in plays and movies yeah which really kind of made for a lot of problems oof so it a very comp- complicated guy, but uh, yeah. the, the, anyway, the series, even if you're just a little interested in Wells, is well worth checking out. Yeah, six fifteen minute episodes. They're on YouTube. The one they're great. The fifth one he talked about the war, the the whole war of the worlds thing, and that was great too. Actually, I the one line was like, supposedly they found someone in the Black Hills of South Dakota five weeks later, who still thought that the aliens were. Had invaded. That's right, they did. They, he called it the Black Hills of Dakota, <laughs> as I've heard other people call it. Well, so there, there's our, there's our Rapid City connection right there. That that Beatles song, Rocky Raccoon. Mm-hmm. Is it Black Hills of Dakota? Black Mountain Hills of South Dakota, or no? They just say Dakota. Yeah. Hey, it's South Dakota. I think it's back in the Black Hills of Dakota, and he, he's kind of slurring it together. Yeah. 
which we should. <laughs> it's like the yes, it's well. the end of an episode. We're getting a little slurry. Slurry, That's right? Coal slurry, Just like us. Clean, clean coal slurry. Mm. No, speaking of coal, I was good though. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. But I, is, oh, of course, he talked about Houdini at one point too. Where he was into magic, and supposedly. Houdini gave him some lessons, or I—I I wonder if that's true. I just wonder what percentage. Yeah, he of probably met him once or something, and that—that's what that's all extrapolated. About. But I don't know. Maybe he, he, magic was a big thing he was into, though. Maybe Houdini gave him some lessons. I don't know. I just don't know what percentage of the story is is true. You know, I mean, he—he yeah. he was making. I don't. He never finished that movie. I don't think was it's all true. Did he finish that one? No. Nope. Yeah, that's the one he did in South America. Yeah. And uh, F is for Fake, which I started watching, but I haven't finished yet. F for Fake, though, is sort of, it's about illusions and things like that. But I'm sure he gets into his own psychology somewhere. I've only seen a little bit of it, but yeah, he was was a a character in real life. Fine. It's true. Okay. What do you think, what do you think your, your favorite performance of his is? I, I know that's a tough, that's a crazy-ass question, but I have a favorite, um, but you can go first if you want. Well, it's easy to easy to name Citizen Kane because the movie is so good. Sure. And he does so many different, you know, he does like young young character, old characters, and so he's great in that, but... Yeah. I, I, I really think he is great in Touch of Evil. Is that where he plays the Mexican... You know, that's Charlton Heston plays the Mexican cop. Oh, right. But he's in that one. Yeah, no, he plays the, the, the corrupt um, police captain. Yeah, okay, okay, right. Charlton Heston is in there. Heston, no, Charlton Heston is a, I think he's a DA or something. Yeah. What was... Um, yeah, I, he's, Wells is great in that one. I, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember the name of the movie offhand, but... And it wasn't an Orson Welles directed. He just was showed up for, but he has probably the best monologue. In, in, oh, oh, probably the third man. The third yeah. man. He, he, yeah, he, that, that's one of his. His monologue. I don't know if okay. I, maybe I won't say it's his best performance, but that was the best monologue and monologue delivery I've ever seen, in in any yeah. in any movie or play or anything. That it's his his monologue famous. in yeah. the third man or the third man, is. Uh, I, I could just watch that monologue. <laughs> you know? I mean, the movie—the yeah, movie's it's, really it, good too. But that monologue—it's no, it, one of my favorite movies, actually. Yeah, and he—he he also has the best entrance. Yeah, where he, they talk about—it's one of those classic things where they talk about the guy. Yeah, he has this reputation and blah blah blah. And Harry then there he shows up, and this Orson Welles, and what? Yeah. And then he like turns, he like the light just hits his face after a, a cat meows at him in the alleyway or something. And it's just this, it's black and white. Yeah. You see his face lit up in a really great way. And it's, it's perfect. One of the best entrances ever in, in the movies. The cat's appearance in The Third Man led to the creation of the Screen Cat Guild in 1953. That that movie is, is, is very good overall, but and I'm not... He, he didn't steal the show. I mean, the the movie. I mean, uh, no. James Cotton is that the actor? Joseph. Joseph yeah. Cotton. The look, the feel of cotton, the fabric of our <laughs> film. No, but he. Uh, 
yeah, yeah. he was really good too. That, it's just a, it's a really good movie, and the rest it isn't just like Orson Welles shows up and steals the show, but no, no, and and they they say that's one of the only films that he did where he did not wear a false nose. No, he knew it was good. Yeah, he had a lot of respect for the people, and and usually he would go into other people's movies with disrespect for the people directing because yeah. he usually thought he could do better. Sure, and maybe he could have, but you know, I I, I tell you though that that movie was really well done. Maybe he couldn't have. Ah, well, yeah, I wouldn't. Mm, I just different. It would have been different. But Wells had a lot of respect for Carol Reed who directed it. Yeah, those English directors. Yeah, his his other. I haven't seen everything he's ever done. I don't want to give that impression. I I I haven't watched. Uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't admit this, but I haven't seen like a Shakespeare a lot of his Shakespeare stuff. But uh, I I should. So there. Okay. He's dead. What, what else have you watched? He's lately? dead. I don't, I don't know. You know, I I got I got into this. Uh, it's basically a soap opera, but it's a. Uh, it's a show called Midnight Diner, and it's Japanese, and uh, it's a it's a it's a story about a it's a this diner owner uh, owns a diner chef guy, and uh, he he opens his diner from midnight to seven in the morning every day I think, and uh, that's asking for trouble. <laughs> and of course interesting characters show up at that uh, uh, the wee hours um but it's and you get to know the other the the you know these characters show up and you get to know a little bit more about them but you don't really get to know much about the 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 cook the the diner guy he's got a scar over his left eye but that's all that's all how do you get the scar well, you you find out a little bit more at the end of season one. It's a three three seasons. They're shorter, uh, twenty five minutes or something. So, but it, it, they're just I don't know. You just get teary eyed in almost every damn one. It's not something you want to watch every night. It's like well, I, I'm going to have a good cry before I go to bed. Maybe it's cathartic. I don't know. And it, it, it may be a little manipulative. I mean, it is kind of like a. It manipulates your emotions and uh, it's but and, and the idea is that these people will uh, come in and order something and probably has some connection to their childhood or you know because food and memory is a, is a definitely a motif in this one and I don't know I, I guess I it, it's been it's been out for so long I'm guessing by the time I recommend anything anyone that would be in arrest has already seen it by the time I watch something but, uh, oh, but maybe not. People don't have time to keep up with everything. <laughs> There's a lot out there. It looks like, I'm, I don't remember, I don't know what years it was, 2011 or something, I think, around there. Um, but I did notice, it's so it's on Netflix, and I did notice that uh, there may be a second version called Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. So I don't know if Midnight that... Midnight Diner to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then I then I watched the first couple episodes of uh, Shit's Creek. Finally, oh, you've gotten through two now, <laughs> right? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Everyone else in the world has seen it twice, so I'm still on episode three. And I, I'm I know I know it's one of those ones I need to give more. It it, it, it it's got a good start, and I know it'll get better. Uh, of course, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, Catherine O'Hara, 
I'm huge fans of theirs since SCTV and, and, uh, and the other things they've done together, Christopher guest movies and that, but just, uh, and I, I know I can tell they're going to do quite a bit with the, I I'm guessing Catherine O'Hara will, Catherine O'Hara will just have more and more fun. And Eugene Levy's eyebrows are almost characters onto themselves. <laughs> That's right. They are. He, they, they could each have a name. I maybe, he, I wonder if he has his eyebrows insured. I don't know. Cause Man, if he had a shaving accident, I think half of his uh, repertoire would be gone. He, he he's always had the best the best eyebrows <laughs> in showbiz. I I think one of the things that <laughs> I enjoy about that show is it's not just. I mean, you're right. Le- Levy and uh, O'Hara are both great, and O'Hara sometimes steals the show, really. But wow. especially later on, when when they get into some of her really weird situations with her acting career and things like that yeah yeah they alluded to that a little bit in the second episode where um, yeah yeah they get definitely get more into that the mayor asked um, him to slap her to slap him that was kind of that's right (laughs) (laughs) but the the secondary characters really get a lot of great things to do that's good that's good so it's a great it's just a great ensemble yeah no i i i I know it's I know it's going to be good, and it, it, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just I, it's, you know, I've only watched two episodes. No, they're but, just fun too. Yeah, and and again, a short. You know, it's kind of like for a while I was okay. It was only twice, evidently, but I've watched more Midnight Diners than I have. For a while, I'd switch over from Midnight Diner to Gardner's World, and then I for a couple times I alternated to Midnight Diners to Shit's Creek because you know you don't want to go to bed or Midnight Gardeners. Yeah. That would be a good show. Midnight yeah, back show. back to the moths. Oh yeah, they could make those moth botanicals. Mm-hmm. There we came full yeah. circle. I'll, I'll I'll throw a quick recommendation out for the circle of one moths. That a lot of people are talking about, but oh. it's the uh, it's that show on CNN by what um, Stanley Tucci. I thought you were going to say Wandavision. No, you're. Well, One Division's really good. Yeah, we finished that. That's also good. Okay, but Every, you're. There's I, a, most people know about that one. Tucci, Tucci Benucci, Stanley Tucci. You've heard of him, actor? Oh yeah, he's great. He did this show, um, where he travels around Italy. Oh my! Uh, meeting people and like talking about all the different types of food. Oh, that sounds great. I love those it's kind of really, shows. Yeah, I think you'd like it. <laughs> It's funny. He goes to all the different <laughs> regions and talks about how the different regions have the food diff- are, are different. Oh, what was that movie he made uh, where he w- it was so food centric? Um, uh, uh, Big Night. Yeah, that was a good movie. That was fun, and it's 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 great. Yeah, he's 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 very entertaining, but he also lets the the all the locals he talks to really do their thing. Good scenery is beautiful, of course. It's interesting that it was filmed. Um, Right before the pandemic started, and then a little bit into it, so some of the episodes, they're clearly uh, all wearing masks and things like oh. that, and then other ones they put little disclaimers up saying this was shot before the. Yeah, pandemic. I know you have to. <laughs> it's like because it does look a little bit weird if you see one episode where they're all <laughs> pre-pandemic, and the next one they're all everything's shut down because <laughs> Italy had a huge. Italy actually did have a lockdown. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like an actual lockdown. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's very fun. I don't think it's actually. There's been five or six of them so far. What's that called? Did you say? Um, is it just 
I, I better check. Pastucci Bonucci. I'll cut this part out. I'll cut this part out. We always what? say. We haven't done us. Oh, it's okay. It's called Stanley Tucci Searching for Italy. Oh, okay. Now that definitely um, sounds. That definitely sounds good. Yeah. No. Uh. It. It. It's very fun. We both liked it a lot. It, it's. It's just low stress, beautiful scenery, amazing looking food. And oh yeah. Interesting people. <laughs> well, that, the problem. All with, that stuff. It's. It, it's great. The problem with that kind of show is, uh, I usually watch TV before I go to bed, and some of these mm-hmm. shows I watch, they make me so freaking hungry. I'm like. Yeah, oh, do be, I? This will be one of those. Do I go downstairs and get a snack, or it's like oh, I should just go to bed? I'm getting, I'm, I'm, but, but yep. maybe not. Maybe I need a couple extra pounds so I can get my vaccine. So <laughs> <laughs> they're actually encouraging people to gain weight. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, you could just show up at the site <laughs> with a big fat suit on. <laughs> oh, and I'll put a I'll put a good a, a really good nose on in a big Orson Welles nose, and that that they won't dare turn you away. <laughs> I need my vaccine now. I'm going to perform Macbeth. <laughs> Threaten to do magic if they don't comply. Yeah, <laughs> that'll that'll take get you in right away. I'm gonna pull a coin out of your ear if you don't give me a vaccine. All right, it's a lady. Hello. It's so nice to see you. Oh God, that's terrible. Well, here comes here know. comes the rain again. We're getting a big thump in here. Is it coming on like a memory? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any rain here. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we don't we don't live that close together. <laughs> but like I said, maybe you some live, you live in Wisconsin. <laughs> maybe someday we'll we'll all live in the same uh, senior complex, convalescent home. Yeah, you know, one of those progressive ones that you, you you have kind of a townhouse for a while, and then it gets a little worse, and they move you to this other section where you get a little more care, and mm, then pretty soon those are great. My I have a cousin who lives in one of those. I think that's the way we're we're gonna go. And she just lives in a basically in a condo. It's not, but it's it's part of the, the their system. And she got her COVID vaccine right away. Oh yeah. One of my neighbor Bob's parents live at not not the Bob you know, but a different neighbor Bob. His parents live in like a not a I guess kind of a high rise. And uh, each floor is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, in my mind, it's like each floor is you get progressively worse. So you move to another floor and pretty soon you're at this this floor where they just do everything for you and you're in a virtual reality, I guess. I don't know what happens, but mm-hmm. there you go. That could be a that could be a TV show. The 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 tower. Yeah. Ah. Oh, and, and we also watched uh Nomad Land, which actually I was first uh Paul S. first was the first one I heard about it from. Oh, so we I, we like that. That was great. Oh, I, I you get some real 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 footage shot in Western South Dakota. Yes, um, you were telling me about that, and uh, that sounds like a good one. Get to see Wild yeah. Drug, and I, I you, you get to see them um, serving up those hot beef sandwiches. Mm. 
for a, for a nickel. You also see large trays of the wall drug donuts. Oh, and the five cent. Pretty darn good. The free ice water. <laughs> Did they make it? That wasn't as exciting. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, the, the donuts. So, yeah. Well, and the five cent I, coffee. I, you're good. You're right. <laughs> Now, that's also Al's Oasis. Who? Okay. Oh, wait. Who, who did the five cent coffee first? Al's Oasis or Waldrug? Who did it first? Oh, yeah. That's the they question. Both do it. That's the question for the listeners. Okay, Glenda, I expect you to get an answer. Or, uh, or, or one of our other main listeners, whose name I bungled up uh, mm-hmm. the other day, and I have to apologize. Sorry, uh, Max P, but uh, I got your name wrong on a previous episode, and uh, I apologize. Mark free Mark pork. <laughs> uh, Abner Hunter <laughs> Phil George. Jim Jim Abner Hunter George. I hope I got that right. Jim Abner. I, I feel like that's a very specific memory and if I had that wrong that that's kinda sad. That would be disconcerting perhaps. But see that's Yeah, especially to all those AHG fans. <laughs> It just indicates that you need to move to the memory cl- memory care clinic level of the tower. The tower. I got to come that, up with that a, was that was a movie. Oh recently. yeah, I got to come up with a different name. But with, the, with, the high with rise, Alan Aldo. Yeah, maybe I'll call it the high rise. I don't know. I'll, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna work on something. <laughs> Low rise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other thing about Shit's Creek that I got a kick out of because my dad. Uh, had owned a, a motel was when they kept differentiating this is a motel not a hotel i don't know for some reason it was oh that place did definitely reminded me of the lazy you <laughs> oh. even the office was a little bit like it <laughs> it's probably the it, same it had time the, the big thing full of the the tourist attraction brochures and <laughs> right probably had a ice machine that you give buckets even on. though you have no idea where they i mean it's in canada somewhere but <laughs> But is what, the show really take place in Canada? I don't know. Is this? I, I, they, they're nice and vague about it. No, that's good. It could be anywhere, not anywhere. Well, okay, fine. All right. I think we came. Let's see. We talked about moths and gin and or uh, some wells and noses. Fine. Noses supposes. Doctor Seuss. Thankfully, we're not going to talk about. Dr. Seuss, or the fact that Pepe Le Pew was canceled. Pepe Le Pew was too. Yeah, I guess. I actually, I'm not, I don't know why he wasn't canceled years ago. <laughs> he was. Uh, that was. Yeah. No, we talked about that with. Uh, did we? Chris E. Oh right. What? Yes, we did talk about Warner Brothers cartoons. So yeah, um, but but it came up again recently. Pepe Le Pew was definitely one of those characters that, in hindsight, was. Ah, leave that leave that lady alone. She's not in, she's not into you. No, it's really bad. <laughs> I don't know. When I was a kid, I thought it was funny, I guess, but I didn't like those I didn't like Pepe Le Pew as much as other characters. Is uh Speedy Gonzalez still around? Did they have show those? I don't think so. They got to take No. You, know, I, you always every time that comes up the Speedy thing comes up, you hear these these people chime in and claim that oh, he People in Mexico love Speedy Gonzalez. Oh. <laughs> Do they? Well, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, doesn't make him any less of a racist caricature. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Speedy was definitely one of the least 
of the characters anyway, even even before I knew better. Sure, and, and along with Pepe Le Pew and yeah, that, those were those were talk about bottom shelf. Though, yeah, bottom shelf Looney they were Tunes. Bottom shelf Looney Tunes. Yep. Yeah, because you know yeah. it's like oh that one again, and you'd go get a bowl of cereal or something. Well, good night. Well, yeah, I guess I don't. This is uh, the first. That <laughs> of season six. No, this is the first season of. This is the first episode of season one. Oh, no, season uh-huh. seven. <laughs> we're on season seven now. Episode. No, we're both wrong. <laughs> God. John and Phil are often wrong. Help. Episode... I, I need to move to the next level. <laughs> episode seven is our memory. <laughs> care clinic episode season okay fine we're, yeah, does, we're on level does, so. does, does that level have the have a bar in it i, I yeah <laughs> evidently so okay so we're at level okay. we're at level seven now season seven episode one assuming this comes out in order thanks everyone well actually i think it will right we should okay we better get a guest for our next one thanks for listening everyone especially uh mark p and um Mar- or Max P and, and uh, Max, come on, Glenda, yeah. and our other listeners. Glenda who, is our rock. Other other our other listeners who don't comment. We have we have other listeners. We're we're well we're well loved. Okay, and I, I'm going to be on Rapid City pretty soon, so I'll have to I'll, I'll make a field recording or something. Good. We need another treat. Another field recording. Maybe you could maybe, actually. Maybe I'll go to Taco John's or something. Yeah, you'll actually be able to. Maybe. Fine. Oh, I'm not going to go in there and eat. Oh, okay. Well, it might be <laughs> warm crazy. enough to eat out at the little tiny picnic table, concrete picnic table. We could eat at the little picnic table with the with with the steel ro- curved roof over it. Yeah, that sounds that sounds wonderful. I, I would love to do that right now. I I have a funny feeling after watching uh, Nomadland, you're going to get a wall drug donut too. You know, I might have to stop there. I'm driving. And I'm going by myself, so... You could do a field recording at Wall Drug. <laughs> there you go. I could get a, a... Well, it'll be late in the day, probably, but I could get a donut. Yeah. Is it, is it late in the... Is, it, is there ever a too late in the day time for a donut for you? No, of course not. No. I remember... I think once you got but a Krispy Kreme... I, I think Kreme they're it. better fresh, though. <laughs> well, the, I don't think Wall Drug makes them all day. Oh, that's true. They, maybe they don't. So maybe on the way back, I'll have to stop there. And all right. Get a donut, damn it. Could be. Donuts. A donut and a hot beef sandwich. <laughs> hot beef donut sandwich. Mmm. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, have a good week. God bless you and your kin. Bye. Bye. This gig sucks. I quit. And here's the song! Cash Brown Betty. Bemba lamb, hash brown Betty, Bemba lamb, nice and crisp, Bemba lamb, when they hit your lips, Bemba lamb, soft inside, Bemba lamb, made with pride, Bemba lamb. Hash brown Betty, Bemba lamb, hash brown Betty, Bemba lamb, not too greasy, Bemba lamb, she made it look easy, Bemba lamb, no onion or cheese, Bemba lamb, they went down with ease, Bemba lamb. I wanna eat it. 
The day she died, Bemba Lam coffin six feet wide, Bemba Lam frying pan, Bemba Lam by her side, Bemba Lam hash brown Betty, Bemba Lam hash brown Betty, Bemba Lam.